Hey everybody, welcome to the New Community Church Podcast. I'm Pastor Caleb, and this week we're continuing our series, Living Among Lions. And as we look into the book of Daniel, we're, we're really focusing on chapter 3 for this week as we look at the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And there's a moment where King Nebuchadnezzar, he sets up this gold statue, calls everyone in the land to bow down to it. But these three men, they're not willing to compromise in their faith, and they won't bow down. And it's really cool to see what happens next because the king is not happy about it, but Jesus shows up in a big way. Now, this week, Pastor Aaron Castellanos, our student pastor, is bringing the word, bringing a great challenge to not compromise on what God has called us to do, on what his word says. So listen closely, take some notes, and I'm sure that this is going to be a blessing for you. Good morning, New Community Church. How are you guys doing this morning? You guys good? To everyone that's watching online, we want to welcome you. Thank you so much for joining in. We love you, we miss you, and we hope that you're taking care of yourself. So if you don't know who I am, my name is Aaron Castellanos. I'm the student pastor here at NCC in the best youth group in the whole wide world, right? There we go. We got a few NYCers in here. And uh, I am privileged to be married to an amazing woman, uh, 13 years that we celebrated this year. Uh, that's right. I always say everybody thinks we're like in our early 20s, but I'll be 36 next month, guys. Can you believe that? That's the reason why I cut my hair so short, because I can see the gray coming in right here. And so I'll rock it when it's time. But anyways, uh, it is such a blessing to be with you guys this morning. Um, we're going through a series called Living Among Lions. And didn't Pastor Aaron do an amazing job last week introducing this series? And one of the things that he talked about last week was understanding what is happening in this book, in the book of Daniel. And so at this time, we see this, this constant theme or this constant pattern in the, in the word of God where the people of God go to him when things are not going right. But as soon as things start going right, they kind of back away and they're like, hey, we don't really need you anymore. And so at some point, you see that they've been taken captive, and that's exactly what's happening in the book of Daniel. They're now in a whole different culture and a whole different type of people who think differently. They worship different gods. The question is, is how do we stand up for God's truth when we're being tested, when the culture may not honor him? And so we see that all throughout the book of Daniel. And so if you're taking notes today, because at NYC, we like to say that note takers are what? History makers, that's right. We encourage you to take notes today. The message that I, uh, the title of my message today is The Cost of Compromise. The Cost of Compromise. I want to pray with you guys this morning. Father, we thank you, Lord. We praise you and we thank you for everything that you've already done through our worship, God. To you, Father, we thank you that your presence is in this place, Lord. Holy Spirit, we welcome you right now to everything that's going to happen, God, from beginning to end, Lord. None of this matters if you're not here. And so we just give you full control, and we ask that you open up our hearts, God, to receive this word and this message. Change us from the inside out, God. Let our lives be transformed by your word, Lord. We ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, there's a few things in my life that I don't mess around with, that I don't compromise with. And I'm going to share a few of those things with you. The first thing that I don't compromise with is how I drink my favorite drink, which is Topo Chico. Any Topo Chico lovers in the house tonight or this morning? I don't drink it out of a plastic bottle. I have to drink it out of a glass bottle. Debbie tried to play that prank on me this week. She's like, hey, they didn't have the glass bottle this week. I said, give me them. I'm going to take them back because I don't play. 
There's a difference there. The second thing that I don't play with is how I eat my pizza. Some of y'all need to pray for repentance because pineapple should not be on pizza. Amen? Thank you. You should not be putting fruit on your pizza. I'm sorry. That ain't right. I think that whenever the fall of man happened, pineapple came into the picture, and that's why we have that today. The other thing that I don't play with is not having some kind of hot sauce, preferably Valentina sauce, in my house. And if you never had it, taste and see that the Lord is good. Go get you some, okay? He is good. And the last thing, Debbie found out about this our first year of marriage. She tried to sneak in some mission tortillas when we were eating. I don't play with my tortillas harina, right? Again, when you've tasted real tortillas, you don't go and, and buy mission tortillas. And nothing against those of you that may be eating mission tortillas, right? I'll pray for you. <laughs> but the reality is, if she tried to do that our first year of marriage, and I was like, eh, this is, ain't the same. I was like, if I wanted bread, I would have bought Mrs. Baird's, right? This is bread to me. And if y'all need to connect the hookup on where to find the best tortillas, go to La Union on Galloway. They make them there on the spot. I promise you, this is not a plug. If y'all want to pay me La Union, you can. But anyways, I don't play with certain things. Now, these things may seem funny, but we're tempted on a daily basis to compromise on certain areas of our life. And the reality is, is that as we live life here on earth, we're always going to live in this tension of how do I stand up for God's truth in a culture that may not honor him? How do I stand up for God's truth in a culture that may not honor him? So in the book of Daniel, chapter 3, there's this story going on. The king at the time, King Nebuchadnezzar, he's constructing this big statue of himself. Talk about having a big head, right? He's constructing this big statue of himself in Daniel, chapter 3. In the decree and in the order in that time that as soon as you heard instruments playing or the symphony playing all at the same time, that everyone should drop bow down and praise this statue. And so you've got three individuals in this picture who are key figures. You've got Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Hard names to say, right? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These guys are in a moment where they say, how do I stand up for God's truth when the culture around me, when everyone around me is called to bow down to this statue? And that's the tension. We may not have that temptation today to bow down to a statue, but we've got areas where we're called to stand up for God's truth, not compromise. Amen? So I want to read with you guys some today. We're going to do some reading, and we're going to start in Daniel chapter 3, verse 8 through 15. And if you have your Bibles, we'll start in verse 8. It says, Therefore, at that time, certain Chaldeans came forward and accused the Jews... They spoke and said to King Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever. You can see these guys are sucking up to the king. You, O king, have made a decree that everyone who hears the sound of the horn, flute, harp, lyre, and psaltery, and symphony with all kinds of music shall fall and bow down and worship the gold image. And whoever does not fall down and worship shall be cast into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. There are certain Jews whom you have set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, have not paid due regard to you. They do not serve your gods and worship the gold image which you have set up. Now, where I'm from, we say snitches get what? Stitches. That's right. I hope they got stitches. Then Nebuchadnezzar, in rage and fury, gave the command to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So they brought these men before the king. 
Nebuchadnezzar spoke, saying to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the gold image which I have set up? Now, if you are ready, at the time you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, the harp, the lyre, and psaltery, I find it interesting that they're naming every single instrument every single time. In symphony with all kinds of music, and you fall down and worship the image which I have made, good. Let's keep going. But if you do not worship, you shall be cast immediately into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. And who is the God who will deliver you from my hands? Can you picture what is happening here? This decree has been passed, and these men are called to bow down before this golden image. Side note, I don't know if you've ever read this story, but the first thing I thought of, where is Daniel in the situation? <laughs> right? And I was studying. It's like nobody can really say where is Daniel, but when it doesn't mention it, my mind starts running wild. And I imagine Daniel walking out one day, right, with this cup of coffee in the morning, and he looks out, and he sees his image, and he's like, yeah, it's about time for me to take my one-week vacation, right? And he bounces. I don't know where he's at. The truth is he wasn't there. And the other thing that I found interesting is that it's not until these Chaldeans point out to King Nebuchadnezzar that these men are not bowing down that King Nebuchadnezzar even notices them. Think about that. In other words, they could have bowed down and business would have gone as usual, but it's very key here to understand that to these men, the obedience that they had to God was more important. And I can't help but to wonder how many times we've compromised for the approval of people. And many times people that we're not even important to. See, the easy thing, guys, is to blend in. The hard thing is to stand for God's truth. Right? Everybody, anybody ever felt that at work? There's a conversation going on, and you know you should put a stop to it. You know you should walk away, but it's easier to blend in and just stay there and take it. Because what will they think of me? Students. You're the one that's following Christ. You've made a commitment. You've made the decision to follow Jesus, but it feels like everyone around you is doing what they want, is doing what they feel like doing. And here you are, God, how do I stand for you in a culture, God, that doesn't seem to honor you? Married men. Let me talk to some married men today, even single men. You're around a group of guys, and they're checking out a girl, and you know the right thing is to turn your eyes and not look, but it's easier to just blend in and go with it. Women. Amen? How many ladies you got in the house? You're like, I didn't think you were going to talk to us. Yeah, I'm going to talk to you too. <laughs> Women, how many times have you been in conversations where wives are just tearing their husbands down, and instead of you lifting them up, you go along with it? We have moments where we're called to stand up for what's right, for what's truth. And in those moments, we have a decision to make, just like these men had a decision to make. See, at some point, we have to ask ourselves a very real question. Whose approval am I living for? Whose approval am I living for? How am I living my life? I love what Paul says in Galatians 1.10. He says, am I now trying to win the approval of human beings or of God? Or am I trying to please people? If I were still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. Think about that. You know what I draw out of this verse when I read it? Living to please man and living to please God cannot coexist. They cannot be a priority, both of those, in our lives. We have to make a decision to say, whose approval am I living for? Now, how do I know if I'm living to please man or I'm living to please God? This is what I've realized in all honesty. 
When I make a decision, it's the first thing that comes to my mind is what will they think or is it what does God want me to do? When I make a decision, do I first think, well, what are they going to think? Or do I think, what does God want me to do? One of my favorite rappers, I love this quote by him, Lecrae. He says, if you live for people's acceptance, you'll die from their rejection. The moment that people start, stop approving of you, what's going to happen? That's how you find out whose approval are we living for. So the story goes on here in Daniel chapter 3, and again, the men are before the king, and, and, and he's figuring out that these guys are probably not going to bow down. And so I want to read something here to you guys. We're going to continue Daniel chapter 3, verse 13 through 18. I'm sorry, verse 16 through 18, and this is what it says. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they answered the king, and they said to him, O Nebuchadnezzar, this is the way I picture it. We have no need to answer you in this matter. Talk about some guts. Like it's one thing to talk to his officials that way, but now you're face to face with the king and they're saying, I don't have to give you an answer. And they said, if that is the case, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace and he will deliver us from your hand, O king. But if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the gold image which you have set up. This is the image I picture right here, and I'm going to tell you how I picture this going down. They're in front of the king, and they're saying, hey, look, let me give it to you straight, king. I ain't got to give you an answer about this situation. You know what I'm saying? Let's just be clear here. My God is going to deliver us, but if he doesn't, we want to go out like some Gs. We never served your God. And we never bow down to your little gold image, thug life. That's what I picture right there. Some of you are already thinking, Snoop Dogg. All right. But that's exactly what I picture happening in that moment. I love the confidence that these guys have before the king. And what I realize is that our confidence to stand under pressure and not compromise comes in knowing who our God is. That's where our confidence comes, is knowing in who our God is. And here in this lies the importance of us spending time with the Lord. Because the moment we spend time with the Lord, we're reminded of who he is and who we are in him. See, consistency in the presence of God leads to consistency in public display of our relationship with him and public display of our confidence in him. You see this confidence rise up in David. You read it, right? When he's taken on Goliath, completely an uneven match. And yet David calls him out and says, you uncircumcised Philistine. Pastor Michael Todd says, that's Christian cussing right there, right? You see this, this confidence rise up in Moses when he's standing before Pharaoh, and he says, God is saying, let my people go. You see this confidence rise up in Elijah when he's standing in front of the prophets of Baal, and he's saying, you know what, We're, he's making fun of them, and not only that, but he prays down fire to burn up the, burn, the offering. You see this confidence rise up in Peter, a man who denied Jesus three times, and yet after the Holy Spirit came upon him, the Bible says that he preached with conviction, and 3,000 gave their life to the Lord that day. See, when you know you're who your God is, your confidence rises up. This week, I had a pretty tough week, and I'm going to be real honest with you guys. I had a tough time putting together this message. 
I believe that it all started last week with just everything that's going on in our country right now with the racial injustice and, and the lack of empathy on people's part right now in this situation. And I felt all kinds of emotions from anger to bitterness to all these different things that were just running through me. And, and my wife kept telling me, you need to take a break from social media. You need to take a break from social media. And I did. But just like many times, I do what I want to do. And it weighed heavy on me. And it was the beginning of, I believe, what was a spiritual attack. I started to feel discouraged. I started to feel even some depression. And, and, and I just felt defeated and low and just beat down. And one day, I just came to the presence of God. And, and my wife noticed the difference the day after. And I was just very real with him. I'm like, God, I feel so low right now. I need you to lift me up, God. I'm supposed to preach on Sunday, God. How do I do it in the condition that I'm in right now? And I just felt the Lord remind me, you can't do this on your own. I love you. Do you know one of the best things that we can hear from God in our lowest moments is I love you? Because he doesn't leave us when we're down. And as he started to remind me that he loved me and that he's present, I started to feel a confidence rise up, not because of who I am, but because of who he is. Quit trying to do life on your own. We have the Holy Spirit we can call out on. And I was calling on the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, this is when I need you right now. Your word says that you give me boldness to preach. Your word says that you give me discernment. Your word says that you bring comfort. This is when I need you right now. We have the Holy Spirit to call out upon. In 2 Timothy 1.7, it says this, For the Spirit of God does not give us or make us timid. It doesn't make us timid, meaning a spirit of cowardice under pressure. But he gives us power. Everybody say power. power. It gives us love. Say love. love. And it gives us self-discipline. Can I remind you this morning, you're not weak. You're not defeated. You are strong because of who's on your side. You are powerful because of the spirit that lies in you. And in Daniel 3.25, we see very clearly that even in the hardest times, God never leaves us. Because as King Nebuchadnezzar, so let's fast forward. The men get thrown into the fiery furnace, right? And the Bible says that the king said, turn it up seven times. Turn down for what? They were turning up, okay? So the, the furnace is turned up seven times. And then what happens is the men who were taking uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they ended up dying because of how strong the flames were. Think about that. So as they're in this fire, the king starts to observe. And all of a sudden, he realizes, he's like, hey, how many? Didn't we throw three guys in there? And they're like, yeah, we did. Why do I see a fourth walking in there? And it's in the image of the Son of God. Guys, they were walking. They weren't crowded down in a ball, afraid. They were walking, showing confidence that even in the fire, even in our toughest times, even when we're under pressure, God never leaves us. See, what I understand about that is that when you stand for God, God stands with you. Students, when you stand for God in your school, God stands with you and gives you the boldness and the courage to keep standing. Amen. We can clap. That's okay. Guys, when you stand up in the middle of your workplace and you say, you know what? I'm going to live with integrity and with purity and who God has called me to be, God stands with you. And he doesn't leave you. And maybe you need to be reminded this morning, if you're watching me right now, God has not left you. God has not left you. It may feel like you're being tested right now. You may feel some incredible pressure, but there's another one in the fire with you today. There's another one that's standing right next to you, and he's saying, you know what? When you start going through it, that's when I show up. But I need you to call out on me. I need you to admit your weaknesses and that you're in need of me. 
As we get to the end here, I love what I see happens right after that, is that every single time these men were tested, a promotion followed. Every time they were tested, a promotion followed. You read that in Daniel 2.49, that after Daniel and the men were tested by not eating the king's food on his table, a promotion followed. You read that in Daniel 3.30, that after they stood their ground and they didn't bow down to this image, the Bible says that King Nebuchadnezzar promoted them. I believe that God is looking for people to promote. Promote to higher positions at your workplace. Promote to running your own business, maybe. Promoting to having success. Promoting to being promoted in a political uh, arena. Promote to your uh, promotion in your finances. Promotion at school. Promotion in ministry. The question is, can God trust us with position? Can God trust us with position? Can God trust us with a successful business? Can he trust us with a platform, with the title, and we not compromise the calling that he has on our lives? See, God looks for those who will not allow promotion to get in the way of his presence. He looks for those that will not allow promotion to get in the way of his presence. Do you realize that everywhere God takes you, it's with one purpose in mind, is that you bring his presence into that environment. That's why you're at the school you're at, guys. That's why he puts you at that workplace. You thought that it was about your job? God is saying, I put you there because I need my presence there. And sometimes God is waiting to see what are you going to do with what's currently in your hands before I promote you? Because I'm afraid that if I promote you and I put you in a different place, will you still take my presence or will you be compromising and letting go of what I've called you to do? In other words, can God trust us with what we've been praying for? Can God trust us with it? See, people around you are waiting for you to not compromise in order for them to see who your God is. And every time that we compromise, we've lost an opportunity to display who God is. Every single time. If these men had bowed down, think of what would have happened. The story would have been different. But the Bible says in Daniel 3.26, and I'm not going to read it, but the whole section is called King Nebuchadnezzar praises God. If these men had bowed down, he wouldn't be praising God. But the reason we saw God's power displayed is because these guys stood their ground and said, I'm not compromising. Every time we compromise, we lose an opportunity to show who God is to those around us. And I believe with everything in me that God is longing to show up in a powerful way at your workplace, that he's longing to show up at your schools in a powerful way, that he's longing to show up in the city of Mesquite in a powerful way. But everywhere we go, we say, God, your presence be there, God. Wherever you lead me, God, I want you to be there. See, in every moment of testing, there's an opportunity to compromise or there's an opportunity for God to be glorified. And every moment of testing, there's an opportunity for us to compromise or for God to be glorified. And the question is, is what will we do? That's a very honest question we need to ask ourselves this morning. How I'm living my life right now, whose approval am I living for? You're not called to do it on your own. Let me remind you of that again. Why do you think God sent the Holy Spirit, who he calls the helper? Because he knew that there were going to be moments that are tough. He knew that there were going to be moments where you want to just take the easy route, and he's saying, you're going to need a helper to be courageous. You're going to need a helper to be bold. You're going to need a helper, those that are married, when things get tough and you want to split this way and she wants to go that way. You're going to need a helper to say, God, remind me of why I made this commitment and this vow to this person. 
And so I want to pray with you guys this morning. If those of you that are here, if you can go ahead and stand up. And first and foremost, we never like to end any of what we do without giving somebody an opportunity to start a relationship with Jesus this morning. That was the best decision that I made when I was 16 years old is to surrender my life to the Lord. And I'll never forget how I felt in that moment. God, there's so much work that needs to be done in my life. Where do I even start? And I remember the Lord just saying, just start by surrendering to me. I'll do the rest and we'll work together. And so this morning, if you're watching right now or you're in this place and you're saying, you know what? I'm calling my own shots. I'm living for myself. When you talk about whose approval am I living for, I'm living for the approval of people. I'm living so that I can be recognized by people, but I know that he's not Lord in my life. I want to give you an opportunity today to say, Lord, I want to start living for you for a higher purpose, God. And most importantly, that if I were to pass away, God, and I were to go from here to the next life, Lord, that I spend eternity with you, God. How does that happen? The Bible makes it very clear. He says, if you believe in your heart, you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, that you will be saved. It's faith in a Jesus who died on the cross for you and resurrected on the third day. And so if that's you this morning, whether you're watching right now or you're here in person, and everybody, let's repeat this prayer right now. Just say, Jesus, I give you my life. I surrender to you. Forgive me of my sins. Wash me clean. I believe that you died on the cross and that you rose on the third day. Be the Lord of my life. Give me a new heart. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we give it up for everybody who made that decision today? And the last prayer I want to pray with you guys this morning is I want to pray over you guys. I want to pray over the church. To anybody who's watching is I want to pray a prayer of boldness and of courage to stand strong. To be a church that stands for the truth of the word of God when it seems like the culture is bowing down. So let me pray with you guys. Father, I pray right now in Jesus' name, God, that first and foremost, we understand that the courage that we need, the boldness that we need, God, can only come through you, God can only come by us allowing the Holy Spirit to lead us and to guide us, Lord. God, if we've been trying to do life on our own, Lord, we repent of that, God, and we surrender right now. We say, Lord, we don't want to do it our way. And God, I pray, God, a boldness and a courage, God, over this body right now, Jesus, that we stand up, God, for what is true, God, that we stand up against injustice when we see it, God, that we call it out, God, we call out lies, God. We call out th those things that are false, Lord Jesus. And then we realize, God, when we feel like we can't take another step, that we lean on you and understand, God, that in our weakness, you are made strong, God. Father, I pray that your church and your body rises up like never before, God, that we begin to be a, a body that displays the power of, of a God who is still alive to the world around us, that everywhere we go, our workplaces, God, that we carry your presence into that place, that when our students go into schools, God, that they carry your, their, your presence into that place, God, that when we find ourselves in a grocery store, God, at the gas station, wherever we go, God, that people will see clearly, God, that we take your presence wherever we go. We thank you, Father. Give us the strength to not compromise, but to stand for your truth. We ask this all in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Can we give it up for God this morning?
Thanks for listening to this week's message. Let this thought guide you, challenge you this week. What is one area of your life that maybe you've been compromising in? This week, look at how to strengthen that area and stand up for godliness. Here at NCC, we believe in making people and places new. And we want to help you grow in your faith. So connect with us online at newcommunity.co.